2: Our world is full of the unexplainable, and if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The French have graced our streets and shores with architectural wonders for hundreds of years. From soaring gothic spires to ornate palaces to Gustave Eiffel's towering feat of engineering in the middle of Paris, France's architectural movements have influenced the world over. Which brings me to a man you might not have heard of. Which is odd because for 25 years, he's been solely responsible for developing one of the largest cities in Europe. Gilles Trehin had a unique childhood. From a very early age, it was clear his brain was wired in a way that escaped the adults around him. For example, he had perfect pitch and taught himself to play the bass. His innate sense of numbers and mathematics allowed him to perform calculations off the top of his head that most people needed calculators for. And he could draw, too. Not stick figures or superheroes, but enormous buildings, taking them from simple doodles to 3D structures with incredible accuracy. Like Thomas Jefferson before him, Traheen was self-educated in the principles of architecture, and his knack for learning took him to great heights. Literally, the city of Orville became the bustling metropolis it is now because of him. Boasting a population of 12 million, Orville traces its roots back to the 12th century BC, when the city passed through the hands of the Romans to the Ostrogoths, all the way up to its eventual ruling by the Kingdom of France in the 1700s. Things settled down for a long time until the French Revolution, when the population exploded to 2.8 million. Town planners needed a way to accommodate so many people in such a small area, so they built urban housing developments that still stand today. And while World War I missed Urville entirely, World War II brought with it numerous bombings, reducing much of the city to rubble and cutting the population down by 200,000. But Urville and its citizens refused to quit. After the war, as more people felt compelled to move out of the country and into cities, its population skyrocketed again. It continued to grow over the next 40 years, and with it came taller buildings, more shops, movie theaters, and public parks. The kind of advancements seen in cities like Chicago and New York over the same period of time. Enter traheen Master architect who single-handedly created Urville's most iconic structures at the age of 15. An enormous glass-covered skyscraper that seems to point toward heaven with its pyramid-like top. A beautiful covered bridge spanning the river that runs down the middle of the city. A port boasting modern speedboats and historic sloops. All of it constructed by one man with a vision. Surprisingly, not much is known about Traing. You'd think the man responsible for expanding a city from 3 million to 12 million would have a few books written about him, maybe an article or two in Architectural Digest. But by all accounts, Traheen is nothing more than a blip on the radar. An anomaly. Which brings me back to Urville. If you look at a map and use a magnifying glass, you might find Urville-Ube, a commune in the northeastern corner of France, Its population of 147 is a far cry from the cramped masses of Traheen's version of Urville. You wouldn't find glistening skyscrapers or sprawling parks, either. In fact, you won't find much of anything. You see, the Urville that has become the third most populated city in Europe doesn't actually exist. Well, not physically. The only way to find Urville is among 300 individual sketches by Traheen a French autistic savant who first imagined the city back in 1987. Its history, its founders, and its design are all fiction, though you'd never know it by looking at the incredibly detailed sketches. He began his city 25 years ago, and he's still building today. Obsession has that effect, a compulsion to complete something when we know it will never truly be finished. Cities are organic, always changing, and those of us who live within them change too. Humans, by nature, inhabit the places we call home. Sometimes, though, places can inhabit us, even if it's just all in our head.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
2: On average, there are fewer than 100 airplane crashes each year. Your chance of dying in one is 1 in 11 million. In fact, since your odds of dying in a car accident are higher at 1 in 5,000, you're better off in the air than on the ground. Still, no matter how low the chances are, we hear the stories. Small aircraft and jumbo jets go down, and people die without ever reaching their destinations. It's a sad truth about air travel. And nobody knows this better than the pilots and flight attendants who work on these planes every day. One such attendant was Vesna Vulic. Born in Belgrade in 1950, Vesna loved to travel. It was her love for the Beatles that took her to London when she happened to see a friend of hers wearing a flight attendant's uniform and thought, that's what I want to do. Traveling to distant lands, seeing new places, and meeting new people. It was the life she'd dreamed of. To satisfy her wanderlust, Vesna returned to Serbia in the early 1970s and joined JAT Airways, where she was hired as a flight attendant. It was a dangerous time for Yugoslavian travel, as Croatian nationalists had been carrying out terrorist attacks across the country. None of that bothered Vesna, though. She had her crisp new uniform and a ticket to adventure, and things were fine for the first year as she settled into her new life— This would not be the fairy tale she'd imagined. On the morning of January 25, 1972, Vesna was called in to work Flight 367, which would be landing in Copenhagen the next day to pick her and the rest of the crew up before flying to her hometown of Belgrade. She'd made trips like this before, but this one seemed different. There was something in the air—no pun intended. The rest of the crew could feel it too: dread, hopelessness, despair. Vesna had planned to do a little sightseeing before taking off, but decided to join the other crew members in a shopping trip instead. All of them seemed sad, like they knew what was about to happen. The captain had gone as far as to lock himself in his hotel room the previous day, not coming out until a few hours before the flight. Even the passengers felt it. As they deplaned at Copenhagen Airport, one man in particular was so frustrated he refused to get back on the plane, leaving his baggage behind. When Flight 367 took off a few hours later, there were 28 passengers and crew on board, including Vesna. She handed out drinks and snacks and attended to passengers' needs as the airplane climbed higher and higher. About an hour into the trip, once the plane had reached its maximum altitude, it happened. The vague, ominous threat that had been hanging over their heads had finally found them. An explosion, which began in the baggage compartment, ripped through the plane, tearing it in half like a napkin. Vesna and the 27 other people on board fell over 33,000 feet into a small Czech village below. Authorities determined the explosion had been caused by a briefcase bomb, allegedly left behind by that frustrated man, who refused to board the plane back in Copenhagen. At least, that's who Vesna pointed out when they questioned her. You see, a villager heard screaming from inside the wreckage not too far from his home. Peering inside, he saw a woman in a flight attendant's uniform covered in blood. It was Vesna, and despite her six-mile fall to earth, she had lived Vesna Vulic spent months in the hospital recovering from her wounds, which included a fractured skull and temporary paralysis, but she didn't let her injury stop her. When she finally healed, she got back on with her life, including her job at JAT Airlines, albeit in the less exciting role of negotiating freight contracts from the safety of the ground. Many people don't bounce back after a serious injury athletes leave the field. Riders never get back on the horse. Shark attack victims don't get back in the water. But once in a while, a person like Vesna Vulich manages to fall out of the sky and land on her feet. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com.